Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Welcome in, everybody. 5280 Sports Network, 5280sportsnetwork.com. It's time for the Broncos Blitz for Wednesday, May the 3rd. Yes. That's the date? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's the 3rd. 17. It's not 2017. It's not 20 and 17. No, it's 2017. It's 2017. It wasn't 1,990. It was I get you. It was I'm, I'm on the same boat. All right. We're in agreement there. Uh, Jake Marsing, Broncos beat writer, managing editor of 5280sportsnetwork.com, joined as always here on the Blitz by the great Ryan Green, video oh. genius, oh. Uh, Broncos reporter in his own right. Uh, great photographer as well. I try. Uh, creating a massive photo archive of the Denver Broncos that will outlive us all. <laughs> We're hoping. Ryan, we are out here at the UC Health Training Center, as you can hear, uh, on a rainy, cloudy, kind of nasty day. But a day that I kind of enjoy, because I know come a month or two from now, we're going to be begging for days like this out here. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Um, I am going to take these nice, cool... I'll take the rain. I don't care about the rain. Uh, but it's mainly just the nice and cool part. It's very nice out here. And we were indoors today, which was also nice to hear mm-hmm. Shane Ray and Bradley Roby speak to the Denver media. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. But, uh, you know, the the bigger story, Ryan Green, two things that we have to talk about. We'll go with with a headline piece. The Denver Broncos, Ryan, sign four-time Pro Bowl running back Jamal Charles to a one-year contract. He can make up to $3.75 million. There's $900 in guaranteed money on the deal with a $100,000 workout bonus, workout bonus and incentives that can get him up to that 3.75 number. Ryan, it's obviously the biggest, splashiest move of the offseason for the Broncos, which when you think about it, I didn't know that that I could think of a one-year $3.75 million contract as being flashy, but that's exactly what this is for the Denver Broncos and John Elway, as the day after the draft, it was clear that, or two days after the draft, I suppose, it's clear that the Broncos wanted to add a little bit more offensive firepower. I reported they were looking during the draft to move up in the second round to grab an offensive playmaker. Uh, It's obvious to me They didn't get the guy they wanted. They settled for Demarcus Walker in the second round. We'll get more to the draft later, but they wind up in free agency bringing in Jamal Charles. They run him through the medical. It checks out okay for them. And they sign a guy, Ryan, who has a chance to be a contributor on this football team. Yes. uh, First and foremost, LOL to Chiefs fans. Um, But, no, I think you're right. I think 
I'm I'm not one to say, oh, the Broncos are definitely now a contender for another Super Bowl run. I'm not at that point yet, and I don't think Jamal Charles really changed my attitude about this team. I think it definitely gives them... Okay, so the thing about Jamal Charles is nobody knows where he's at right now. He obviously passed his physical, but I need to see him in camp. I need to see what his cuts look like. I need to see if the speed is still there. I need to see if he's just complete hesitation now because he's had his knees taken out twice. Um, and that's what I'm. Uh, that's what I want to see before I say this is a great move. I think what they got him for. I think the possibility of what he can bring to this team was worth the one me- one year. Th- 3.75 you said 3.75 3.75 I think it's totally worth it to just bring him in as a I guess a show me deal um and so yes if the speed is still there if he can be that receiving threat out of the backfield that I don't believe this team has on the roster I think Devontae Booker is as close as they get I think it's a smart move I think like we said I mean everyone says the low risk high reward but the the point to me is that it's low risk it doesn't really do much for you know, it doesn't hurt the Broncos to bring him in and hope that he can bring some type of spark that he used to bring to a team. And yeah, we'll just we'll see. I, I don't I don't even know if Jamal Charles will start on this team, but I think even if he's just a decoy, you know, yeah, uh, I think that would that would be great. And uh, with C.J. Anderson and with Devontae Booker, they have young running backs. Maybe he can. Be, maybe Jamal Charles can be the Demarcus Ware for the running backs. Yeah, I imagine. Team. I imagine they'll keep four running backs, one practice squad guy. That'll be a competition in camp between D'Angelo Henderson, Jawan Thompson, uh, who, who else? Probably just those two will feature For in. which one? For a practice squad spot. Oh, oh no, because Jawan's, I think, out of, is he out of practice squad? I think he is. I think he's been he must there. Be. Is Bernard Pierce possible? Oh, Bernard Pierce. That's the other yeah. guy. So it'll be a competition there for that last spot. But I expect that you'll see CJ at the top of the depth chart Mm-hmm. Jamal Charles is a two, Devontae Booker is a three, and Charles used more in a Danny Woodhead style yeah. uh, as kind of that change of pace guy, an option as a receiver out of the backfield on third down, a guy who can add a little bit of, as Vance Joseph likes to say, juice to this offense. Juice. Ryan, my question is, I, I went back today and I watched all 12 of Jamal, Car- Jamal Charles' carries from last season. Which obviously is not like the best representation of who he would like us to think he is right now. But it's the most recent film we've got. And it's not it's not as bad as I thought it might be. Okay. But it's not great either. He shows a little bit of explosiveness, he shows a little bit of an ability to cut, but his vision is down, he's hesitant at times, he's clearly thinking about his body. That's the question for me. What is Jamal Charles going to be mentally? On this team, because he has a God-given skill set yeah. that, even at the age of thirty, I don't think necessarily goes away. But as running backs get older, the guys who are able to play past the age of thirty, the Jerome Bettises of the world, probably the best example. Those are guys who have found a way to turn that raw physical talent they have into a mental game, mm-hmm. where they can outsmart people mentally, where their vision improves, where they know where their cutback lane is at all times. That That's what I was looking for out of Jamal Charles. And I didn't exactly see that. I saw a guy who was hesitant, who, who didn't react as well to things in front of him. And that's going to be interesting to see. How does Jamal Charles handle new surroundings, a new playbook, a new offense, the first new city of his entire NFL career? How does he handle all that on top of being a 30-year-old running back 
with two blown out knees or an ACL and a meniscus, that's got to be mentally right. a challenge for him, and I wonder how he'll handle it. It wouldn't shock me, Ryan, if we're talking about Jamal Charles being, I mean, not a bust because you're not paying him anything. But I set the over/under on carries for Jamal or on yardage for Jamal this season at 300, and I'm probably taking the under on, on yards I, on rushing yards. I would him. on that as well. Um, and again, it, it all depends on what happens when he gets on the field. But would you be surprised if he's not on the roster come starting? That that would surprise me. Okay, that would surprise me. Uh, it would surprise me if he didn't make this team, just because I look at at their running back room and I think he does add something that is a little bit different from what everybody else adds. The, uh, I just really caution fans. Yes, he's a big name. Yes, that's, yeah, I'm but with you there. But you have to be realistic about who you're getting, mm-hmm. right? You're not getting, are you getting, you're not getting Peyton Manning post-Colts. Yeah. You're not getting that guy. You're getting more something like Emmett Smith post-Cowboys, Emmett Smith with the Cardinals. Right. Like we mentioned on the video, uh, which you can find on the YouTube channel. Just search 5280 Sports Network. That's what you're getting with a Jamal Charles, in my opinion. Now, mm-hmm. he has every opportunity to prove me wrong. He can come out here and flash. And, you know, you could have me saying in three months, oh, this guy's going to be the feature back for the Broncos. I, I just, I don't see that. I think he's a change of pace guy, a guy who presents different options for your offense. Um, but I would be stunned if he is some kind of a, you know, huge contributor for the Broncos this season. Yeah, my, uh, my final point on this is that... Uh, when when the Broncos sign a free agent, my thought always was, as a Broncos fan, how would I feel if he signed with one of the divisional teams? So if, if Jamal Charles signed with the Raiders or the Chargers, would I be worried that they got better? Or would I say, eh, that's not something to be too concerned about? I think I'd be a little indifferent if he signed with the Chargers or Raiders. I think I'd be like, okay, that's probably his his final shot. He's probably giving it one last go, and if it doesn't work out, he may be retiring soon. And so I think that's kind of the same feeling I have for him. I think if you do get the Jamal Charles, or even just a fraction of what Jamal Charles was at his peak, I think the Broncos get someone that can add something to this offense. But at the same time, I'm expecting not a lot because of the the running back or just his age and where his knees are right now. The guys that I've talked to around the league, some some agents, some other people, or some even a couple guys in Kansas City, uh, they don't expect much from Jamal. Mm. I, I, I'll be excited to see. Look, if he can come in and add a dynamic option for the Broncos offense, it's obviously going to open things up. And that leads me into the second point here, Ryan, about what the Broncos' goals have been this offseason. And we saw it on full display last week, uh, last weekend with the 2017 NFL Draft. Eight picks the Broncos make. Garrett Bowles, we talked about at length. Mm-hmm. You can go find uh, the video, which is posted up on the YouTube channel, of A, the moment we found out Garrett Bowles was going to be the pick, some instant reaction, and then you and I kind of breaking it down from the Broncos' team room afterwards. Right. And my opinion is mostly the same on the first-round pick. They wanted a left tackle, they needed a left tackle, and they got a left tackle. And that's how that worked out with mm-hmm. Garrett Bowles. I have not had a chance to talk with you about their second- and third-day picks. I think Demarcus Walker was their best pick. I think... Really? I, I do. I think in terms of what I saw, uh, just... just second-round guy out of Florida State. Second-round guy out of Florida State. I think just looking at his tape, um, and especially after hearing his interview, he doesn't talk much. 
And he even said, I don't talk much. I like playing. And so I like that most of his – when I saw him on the football field, I just saw effort, you know. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm excited for. I think he'll help in the run game. I think there's always a learning curve for rookies, but I think he will be one of those additions where we go, okay, that was one of the better picks in the draft. And so I'm excited to see what he can do opposite Derek Wolf, and now with the two uh, – big defensive tackles that the Broncos have. I'll be kind of excited to see even what he what he does for Adam Gotsis, who is I know he's in a second year, but he is on one heck of a hot seat. Um, in terms of, okay, so then uh, Carlos Henderson, I like what I see, but where he played also kind of hinders my excitement on him. Dude, you should have been here on Saturday. <laughs> Henderson shows up in these Gucci shoes. Oh, no, I've, I've seen them. You saw the pictures yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Gucci shoes? And can we just say, I'm pretty sure it's Carlos Henderson. He's not Southern. He is Cajun. Yeah, that is Holy uh, that cow. is straight Louis. When I heard him talk, like I was, I was like, down Whoa. in New Orleans er- yeah. earlier this year covering the Nuggets. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. This guy is straight that is from the as bayou. As Louisiana as you get. Like, when he said I had committed to Utah, I was like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been. Uh, that would not have. Like, Louisiana Tech is where you needed to be. Yeah. Louisiana Tech, LSU, Tulane. Uh-huh. Tulane's in New Orleans. In, in Louisiana. Yeah, it's, That's yeah. in New Orleans, yeah. Uh, yeah, those are the places you should have been. But it worked out for the Broncos. I think they added offensive juice mm-hmm. with those three picks. I don't, I don't love the DeMarcus Walker pick um, uh, because it clearly wasn't their, like, that was a, okay. that was an example of we're trying to get up, we're trying to get up, we're trying to move up, we're trying to move up. Oh, Adam Shaheen's uh, off the board. BPA. Oh, Joe Mixon's off yeah. the board. Oh, all right, we'll just wait and have the draft fall to us, take the top guy we have on the board. That's DeMarcus Walker. Now, mm-hmm. he's a good player. Uh, he can rush from both the inside and the out. I think he's going to have an opportunity to replace Malik Jackson. Mm-hmm. That probably should have been Adam Gotsis, yeah. but it's not. Uh, Adam, they said afterwards, uh, John Elway came out and said in his post-draft that second night, he said, I expect Adam to make a big leap this year. Adam looked good in OTAs. So we'll see. Uh, I think overall throughout this offseason, uh, also we'll probably mention the, the third-day picks, uh, Brendan Langley, the cornerback, was their second, third-round pick. I'm indifferent on him. I don't know what to feel about Really raw. Yeah. Uh, he's athletic as heck. Right. He um, was a wide receiver. Then he he's went converted. to corner. He is the best quote of the bunch, though. Oh, okay. I will say that. Yeah, I, I think he's he's the one that's going to replace Kayvon on special teams. Yes. So that, that's what he's I your, got from him. So here's kind of the way to think about these guys. Uh, Garrett Bowles is your starting left tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demarcus Walker is kind of your new Malik Jackson slash, you know, Adam Gotsis fill-in. Yeah. Uh, he eventually could be side-by-side Derek Wolf. I think that's their long-term goal. Uh, Carlos Henderson is a slot guy. He's going to mm-hmm. have an opportunity to return kicks, but he'll be more or less an every-down receiver because they're going to open this offense up a lot more. You're going to oh, see yes. a lot more three, right, three wide receiver sets, a lot more tight ends split out wide, a lot more of that stuff. Uh, maybe this is a question for later, but I wonder what that means for Andy Janovich. I think he's. They'll find a way to use him. Well, special teams. I he's, think he's. Yeah, and he's set. A, he's athletic enough uh-huh. that you can find ways to make it work with him. Okay. He's not going to be always the lead blocker, right? That he has been, but there were moments where he when he got his hands on the football, he first he was score of the season excellent. last year. Yeah, he's pretty excellent at times last year. Um, how about Isaiah McKenzie? How'd you feel about him? Eh, I think they have three of those guys on the roster now. Okay, I think you've got you. I think he's a short, fast guy from you know from Georgia. Uh, he's a he's a returner probably. They were looking to upgrade there. Uh, Khalif Raymond probably not in the picture. 
uh-huh. uh, at least on the active roster. I think he's fighting for a practice squad spot now. When I and, saw Isaiah McKenzie, I thought, okay, that's because the Broncos saw what Tyreek Hill did last year. I'm, I'm not saying Isaiah McKenzie is that type of explosiveness, Tyreek's a little that bitter. type of fast, Tyreek's a little bigger. Bigger, faster, but I think that they at least saw something, and I'll, I saw his punt return ability, Isaiah McKenzie. No, it's legit. I think that's legit. I don't see him as you know the fourth receiver. I just see him as basically the punt return. I think he can be a guy you can bring on the field to stretch defenses and return kicks for. Okay. Um, that's that's what I think they see him as. I think they see Carlos Sanderson as a guy you can bring on the field pretty regularly, play in the slot, and then your four is potentially Cody Latimer, Benny Fowler. That's not really great news if you're a second round draft pick like Cody Latimer, Jordan Taylor, Jordan like, Taylor. Someone's gonna someone's got to go. You're gonna have a competition yeah. there uh, for that third for that third like, does slot. Jordan Norwood make the team. Jordan Norwood isn't on this team right now. Oh, that's the other thing. He, like that, he's not here. Like he's not listed on the Broncos roster. I haven't seen him. I thought he was on contract. I don't know. I don't remember. Of. I have I'll, not. Well, I have in not, terms of I have not heard about the Broncos I'll, officially. Yeah, I haven't that. either. Um, okay. They haven't put anything out. But he may have just been on an expiring deal and they didn't re-up him. Maybe that. I'll check it out. But I just redid the Broncos roster yesterday. He was not on it. Okay. So, um, yeah, Norwood is not here. Khalif Raymond, he, he and Isaiah McKenzie profile really similarly. Mm-hmm. Small guys, fast guys, quick guys. So they may decide to keep Khalif around uh, as a practice squad guy, and right. then because he's a, he obviously still has eligibility. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where he spent most of the season last year. Uh, yeah, I mean there are going to be options for them in building out that team, and we'll see kind of where they wind up. But the seventh round, we'll talk about the fifth round guy and the seventh round guy, and okay. then we'll we'll kind of wrap it up. All right, fifth round guy, Jake Buck. Give me just get it out now. Get your butt jokes out. Whoa. Come on. You think I'm above you think I'm below that? You think you I know you're you I know you are more than willing that I'll to just stoop to make that level. The guy that's injured the butt of someone's joke. Oh boo. <laughs> you're gonna go with it. At least go with like a butt related joke. Alright, I'll tell you this much. I think someone needs to be roaming the sidelines next year making sure Riley Dixon doesn't stand on the left of Jake Butt. Because that is one last name mishap ready to go viral. That's a photo. Right. That's a photo <laughs> right. I want to see. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, Jake, if no one gets it, it's Dixon Butt. That's oh, what I was going Jesus! For. Now, right. I gotta, now I got it. It's not. No, it's the internet. I apologize to anyone listening for my co-host behavior. Anyways, um, all right. To be to be serious about it. Yes. This was one of the picks that I didn't like. Really? Yes. And why I, why is this? I will concede that uh the value and what they could get will it was worth a fifth round pick. I think a third round you were yeah. like, "Whoa, fourth round I'd still be a fifth whatever." But so this is he's had two knee injuries just like Jamal Charles yep. on separate legs, same leg? I think it's separate. It's so I think it's I think he's it might be the same one. I'll, don't quote me on it. Okay. I need but, to go back and look. But still uh, he won't even be like ready until September. That that seemed even optimistic when I right. said that. And I think, I think what the expectation is is that oh my gosh, we got a steal! What a great tight end we got in the last few rounds. And I'm I'm approaching him like Jamal Charles. That could be, but at the moment he's coming off a knee injury. Yeah, he's got to get up to NFL speed without training camp. 
we had a CBS4 sports poll, and for a little bit there, they said uh, the, the voters thought that Jake Butt would make the biggest impact in 2017, and I just think that's no Garrett a Bowles is going to make the biggest Absolutely. impact on this team. Exactly, he's your starting left tackle. And so, yeah, uh, uh, again, I I will be more than happy for Jake Butt to prove me wrong, but at the moment. It just seems like there's too much going against him to be the success that the Broncos want. Look, to be. I'm just happy there's another Jake in the building. <laughs> when he gets here, that's my way in. Hi, Jake. Jake, I'm, Jake, Jake. I'm Jake. Good to meet you. That's how that'll go. Um, look, his tape is his tapes. There's no denying. There's really good tape out there on yeah. him. His size is ideal. He's got good speed when he's healthy. Um, you worry about chronic knee issues mm-hmm. now. You worry about how he plays and if he puts himself on the line a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. But, see, there's no doubt that if he is healthy, he can. he's probably the best tight end on this roster now. He's versatile. He has a great skill set. And I think he's going to be a great addition for the Broncos. And with the first pick of the fifth round, it's not like you're gambling, right? right? You're getting a player who I had graded as a second or third round pick about a round or two later mm-hmm. than than most people expected him to, to be there. I think he's a I think he's a very, very good player, potentially a great player. Uh I I, I again I'm not gonna go up and down running up rubbing, running up and down the streets about Jake Butt. Right. There's only one tight end in that class I would have run up and down the streets for and they did try and go get him. They should have tried to go get him. Uh the Bears wound up getting him. Who's that? Adam Shaheen. Adam Shaheen. I, I I am you were talking about OJ Howard. No. Uh, well obviously I mean Adam Shaheen is going to be the best tight end out of this Dang. class. I'm, I'm convinced of right. that. It's going to take him two years, but he's okay. going to be the best tight end out of this class. Okay. Um, so, no, the Jake Bud Pitt, I, I think it's fine. They needed a tight end. They filled the tight end. It kind of felt like throughout that draft, John Elway had a list. It's like almost in Madden, right? Mm-hmm. You look at your roster, team needs. All right, check that off, check that right. off, check that off, check that off. And the next thing you know, you've got a full roster built uh-huh. out. Until the last pick of the draft. They, they get Isaiah McKenzie, they get D'Angelo Henderson, and then they trade their one of their two seventh-round picks. And then with the very last pick of the 2017 NFL Draft, the Denver Broncos select Mr. Irrelevant Chad Kelly. Um, let's talk about Chad Kelly real quick. Okay. Because we haven't had a chance to. All right. We'll wrap up on Shane and Bradley okay. and then get out of here. Um, Chad Kelly, Ryan was an undraftable guy for me. Okay. Um and he almost and he almost was. He clearly was for thirty one of thirty two teams. They weren't interested in drafting him. Does he have some physical skill? Yes. But it's not like he's got first round physical skill. Right. He's got a a big arm, ball comes out of his hand really nicely, pretty athletic, um a little undersized for my taste. He's six listed at six two. I think he's closer to six foot, six one. Um Good frame, mm-hmm. but not big enough, strong enough, good enough to warrant being selected in the NFL draft when you add on. Like, if you don't have any of the other stuff, the medical or the off-field stuff, he's a fourth-round pick. Okay. Um, with the medical and the off-field stuff, especially the off-field stuff, because this is... Chad Kelly, like, we can talk all day about Joe Mixon. Uh-huh. We can talk all day about Caleb Brantley. Uh-huh. Chad Kelly was the most, was the biggest off-field concern in this draft. 
because it's over and over and over. It, right. It's real. It's real hard to get kicked out of Clemson. <laughs> like if you can play, you're not wrong. If you can play, that's tough to do. And we know about the incident with the AK-47 and the mm. nightclub. We and fighting you know, at his brother's football fighting game. Fighting at his brother. I mean, this guy is. And he's going to say all the right things, and he's going to talk all the right ways, but he, I've heard this all over the place, he can be the Broncos French, no. No. Chad Kelly is not your franchise quarterback. You took your franchise quarterback in the first round last year. If anybody on this roster is going to work out that way, it's going to be Paxton Lynch. First of all, Kelly's not going to be ready until maybe towards the end of training camp. That's when you'll first get a, a glimpse at it. Right. Maybe, if it is, if at all. If at all. Uh-huh. And he's not—he's not as good as the other two guys. Mm-hmm. Like he, maybe he's physically more more gifted than Trevor Simeon, but Ryan, you might be more physically gifted than Trevor <laughs> Simeon. Um, I, I think Chad Kelly is—that's the one pick I really don't like. Um, It's—it's it's tough for me to criticize it because it's the last pick of the draft. But he is an absolute concern off the field. On the field medically, his wrist is busted up. He says he busted his rip his wrist up doing pull ups, prepping for his pro day. You know, I'll I'll I guess I'll take that at face value. <laughs> um, but with Chad Kelly's history, he says all the right things. But and I mean, we had him on Vic's show earlier this week. He was good on the show. He was fine. Um, he was a segment late to the show, but mm. uh, you know he got there and he was great on air and a good interview and a good quote, but. He is absolutely, he absolutely has the potential for a seventh-round draft pick to come in with the ego he's coming in with. And if you listen to any interview he's done, he thinks he is the hottest thing on planet Earth. I have a feeling the NFL is going to eat him alive. And maybe that's for the better. You know, I think you're right. I think at the time, I really didn't get it. Because, like you said, there were other quarterbacks on the board that could have taken. He hadn't. He had a wrist injury. He had all these off-field issues. He intrigues me just a little, um, but he needs to be. He needs to be humbled, and I'm wondering if the Broncos have that in the organization right now. The Broncos have made a keep to work. And he's had some. Akib needs to. Akib needs to humble I, this kid. A right. Bit. I think the kid needs to be humbled. If he is that, I think the Broncos have a Bubby Brister type quarterback. He again, he he's not going to to compete for the starting job. And no. I saw some tweets out there saying he may be the most talented quarterback on the team. That is now. factually not it's, true. I, it's it's That's, almost disgustingly untrue. It's it's so it's un, it's so inaccurate. Right. It's not even close. He is he is. What the Broncos? When I saw the pick, I really I thought about it. And I was like, okay, he's the new backup quarterback. Once they figure out if they want to keep Trevor or Paxton, maybe. You know what maybe. I thought of it? I thought, oh, Jim Kelly called John Elway. <laughs> that's what I thought. And, and you know what? That's exactly what happened. And that's you're not wrong. And Jim but, Kelly called John Elway so, and said, hey, buddy, my nephew needs to get drafted. Can you take him? Can right. you take him? It it was a more puzzling pick than I don't have the source on that. I'm not reporting that as news, but that that was my I, first impression. I get that. So yes, he was the most puzzling pick of the entire draft, but I am a little more intrigued uh by him than some of the other picks that the Broncos have. Just because he is 
accurate. I've seen the tape. He he, he The ball comes out of his hand really nice. Right, right. Yeah. In terms of arm talent, he's, he's not got terrible. But it's everything other than his right arm and it's and his right arm needs to be throwing footballs, not punches. And, and he's not going to be throwing footballs for another three months. Right. And so that's where he it's like... He has a cast on his arm, right? And he's number six. And there is... Yeah, an There six, is yeah. a long history of Bronco quarterbacks that were Look, number six that didn't do anything. Chad Kelly is a fun topic of conversation. He's going to be one of these things that people turn on the fan. They turn on They're altitude. going to point to the Alabama game. And, and Vance Joseph said, he was my favorite quarterback in the draft. And I, was like, was, oh. uh, I was like, dude, like, I know you're trying to... I know you're trying to do a thing here, but no, no, my friend. That's not the right way to handle that. Um, Chad Kelly is a fine football player. Mm -hmm. He is a fourth-round pick of a football player. Have fourth-round picks turned into good things? Yes. Yes. But when you add on what is clearly a temper problem, Mm -hmm. an ego problem, and being prone to injury, he is he's not worth being he's not worth being drafted. Okay. And I think that's going to play out here. My bet on Chad Kelly is that he does not make this roster. All right. Coming out of training camp. I think I think he'll get into camp. I think he won't look right when he finally does get the chance to come in. And he'll, you know, he'll be a story, I'm sure, that we'll have to track and follow, but I everybody that I've talked to and I I've spoken with his agent, I've spoken with some people around Chad. They all love him. They all sing his praises. But I think getting him out of that bubble that he's clearly lived in his entire life with Jim Kelly as his uncle is going to be a little bit of a shell shock okay. to his system. And yeah. I really want to see how he responds to that. I get that. The NFL's a different deal, man. And, and I'm not rooting against him. If and, the kid and, can fix his ego problem and yeah. his anger issues, and he works out and he gets an NFL the job, the ego good thing for him. is what I think is going to give him the most trouble. Right. Because if he comes into that locker room as the last pick in the draft, you think those players care that he's Jim Kelly's nephew? No. Nobody gives a you know what. They had a seventh round quarterback start for them last year. It's they don't. Not, yeah, you know, they don't. Well, if you come in as a seventh round pick, though, but Simeon's a totally different deal. Right. Simeon is. I'm here to work. I'm here to work hard. I'm oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you come in thinking I'm, I'm here to be the best of all time. I'm here to be. I'm the greatest. I'm this. I'm that. Nah. They're going to eat you up. Yeah. And you got that, the no fly zone. They'll... That no, that yeah, that defense will not take that. Yeah, nobody in that secondary will tolerate. No one that. in that locker room will tolerate. No, that. you think Emmanuel Sanders will? Take nobody that? in that quarterback room will tolerate. Right. So that's kind of that. That's the Chad Kelly take. Um, we heard a little bit from Bradley Roby and Emmanuel San, uh, not Emmanuel Sanders, Shane, uh, Ray. Shane Ray, today. Not a lot there to take from. Yeah. Um, some stuff on Jamal Charles. I'll have a write up at the site, which we'll embed this podcast into. I think there's just one thing you and I want to talk about. What's that? And that's what Shane said about Vaughn. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. um, we teased it in the video. We teased so we it. probably should <laughs> cash in on the tease. Uh, the one thing that, the, as Ryan said, the one thing that was kind of interesting was to hear Shane Ray talk about. First of all, talk about his stepping into a new role. Because mm-hmm. DeMarcus Ware Ryan was here the other day. They they gave him a nice framed photo, framed jersey. Um, they thanked him. He came. I mean, clearly DeMarcus Ware is an important player in the history of the Broncos. Uh, you know, he's probably not a ring of famer, but he's a... Hey now, John Lynch is. 
John Lynch was a four-time Pro Bowler here. He was a... I think John Lynch deserves a, a spot in the Ring of Fame. We can talk about who's... That's a good conversation. Who's a Ring of Famer from the Super Bowl 50 teams? Okay. That's a good July podcast I like that. right there. I like that's that. A, that's a July podcast. Um, but yesterday... Uh, DeMarcus Ware was here yesterday morning before Jamal Charles signed. And then today Shane Ray gets asked a lot about how, how do you plan to replace DeMarcus's production on the field? And in the back of my head, I'm wondering, well, who's going to replace DeMarcus... Last season, DeMarcus didn't produce on the field. Right. Really. And you could tell he was never 100%. No, his once his back started acting uh, up on him, he was, was, he was about done. Um, and he knew it. But he tried, he came in, and the thing that DeMarcus always had, every time he was in the locker room, there was... You know, the sense that the Jedi Master was A in the building. presence, back. yes. Um, and you got that sense being around him. And the guy who now is clearly being asked to step up into that role is 58. As he should be. He's the best player on this team. He's a generational player. He might be the face of the team at the moment. Oh, 58, Vaughn? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's, he yeah, is. he is. He is, like, if there's a guy who's going to the Hall of Fame off this roster, it is Vaughn Miller. Oh, yeah. And I think last year was the transition. It was the, okay, now they're the no-manning Broncos. Yeah. This year, I think they're Vaughn's Broncos. Yeah. And so that's what I'm interested to see. And, again, what we heard from Shane, I was encouraged by. And I think fans should be. Uh, do you want to play? Well, yeah. Well, to... let me. I'll set it up. Okay. So the thing that I wanted to know from Shane was how has he seen Vaughn evolve as a leader? And the answer I think we got was that it's not about evolving. Vaughn's always been a leader in his own way, and he's he's being a little more vocal now maybe. Mm-hmm. But Vaughn's impact on that room, Troy Rank and I were talking earlier, Vaughn is the binding force in that locker room. You know who his best friend on this team is? You know who Vaughn's best friend on this team is? Uh, Shaq Barrett? No, it's the kicker. <laughs> B-Mac? Brandon McManus no is, is Vaughn Miller's, maybe his best friend on this team. Right. The, he, he, Brandon McManus goes to Vaughn's poker nights. They go on. All right. Of, like, that just tells you a little bit about who Vaughn is in that locker room. Yes, he's very tight with Shane, with Shaq, mm-hmm. with, every, with... Calls him his sons. Yeah, that's my, with DT, that's my son that's right my there. That's my son right there. Um, but Vaughn is the binding force in that locker room. He is, he's a different guy, and Shane talked a little bit about that today when I asked him this question. Shane, with DeMarcus retiring, there's been a lot of talk about Vaughn potentially stepping into more of a leadership role. Have you seen him take some of that on and be a, be a leader for that, for that group? You know, honestly, uh, I always say that Vaughn's leadership really just, it kind of goes... Uh, not unnoticed, but a lot of people just don't really talk about it, the things that he does. I mean, he's just as vocal with players and teammates as he is with, you know, media and everything else that he does. You know, I could say that his his critiquing of me and Shaq and coaching us, I mean, DeMarcus was more so our mentor. Vaughn was like that tough big brother, like, okay, now nah, this is how you have to do it. Like, your feet look like this. Like, nah, you got to do it over again. Like, that's the kind of leader he is. He's up front. He, he teaches guys, and I can say my eating habits and wanting to get a chef and get my body to a certain body fat percentage and all those things, that came from Vaughn because he did it on a whole nother level. I mean, two, 245 pounds, 250, 7% body fat can bend like no other. I mean, I started trying to figure things out, like, hey, Vaughn, how do I get my ankles more flexible? How do I do this? And he's always trying to help guys, like always trying to bring guys to extra workouts, always trying to talk to guys. That's him. Now, maybe it doesn't look like that from the outside in, but, I mean, that's that's what he does every day, man, and he never changes. That's his personality. 
And Ryan, I think having Vaughn continue to be that impactful leader in the room and grow is an even more vocal force. That's who Vaughn has to be, not just this season, not just next season, but for the rest of his career. He has to turn himself into that DeMarcus Ware figure, which is why going back in the history of the Elway era, when that book is written, the signing of DeMarcus Ware might be the... Yeah, we can talk all day about the the signing of Peyton Manning Mm -hmm. as being the transformative moment. I think the signing of DeMarcus Ware is even more transformative because there is a chance that if Von Miller takes on that leadership role and continues his production on the field and can have another and can finally get over that hump and win defensive player of the year this season and you know do all those things that I know he's capable of doing have a 20 sack year the things that we've said Vaughn can do for so long which I think he might be able to do this season um, that's going to be the legacy of John Elway because if Vaughn Von Miller, guys, has a chance to be not just the best player on this team, he has a chance to be the best player in the history of this franchise. Uh-huh. And maybe one of the top five. Like, he is so unique. Mm-hmm. He is Derek Thomas. He is Lawrence Taylor. That's what this guy has the potential to be. And we've seen it at times, right? That playoff run where he essentially hands them a Lombardi trophy. Truly, I think that I don't think people talk about that enough. I know he had a great Super Bowl, but from the Steelers to the Patriots to the Super Bowl, it was one of the best postseasons any defensive player has ever had. If you get that guy Uh and you get a leader in the locker room on top of it, Mm -hmm. you're talking about the best player in the history of the franchise, including John Elway. And I think John would say as much. And that's the legacy that DeMarcus Ware leaves behind Mm -hmm. here at Dove Valley. So as the Broncos continue to build towards the season, OTAs continue to roll on. We will be out here. I'll be out here. I know every day that they let me out here, I'll be (laughs) out here. Uh, Ryan, for the most part, will be I will the try same and be way. out here every day. Yes, uh, we'll be out here throughout the rest of the off season as we are every day. This is the only availability this week. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders doing an event a little later tonight. I said I'd go down there. I will see if I can squeeze if I can find my way down there. Okay, um, but if not, that'll be it for this week for us on the pod. Mm-hmm. We'll try and get back in studio here soon. Okay. It's kind of a we've been out here. We've been doing episodes. Right. What do we need it? To, what do we need to do it for? But. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at 5280sportsnet. Check out all the awesome content we've got on the website at 5280sportsnetwork.com. Awesome piece from our Avalanche team, J.J. Jerez, Nathan Roth, and a shootout piece. It's going to be a series that they do. They go back and forth on a topic. This week's topic is, is Tyson Berry a potential trade option for the the Avalanche? What do they get? What do they get out of him? Should they really look hard at trading? Yes, him? Um, that's the that's the piece. Really, and they go they they debate it. They, right. they duke it out. It's a it's a good story. Check that out on the site. Also, check out all the other Broncos content. We got draft stuff. We got uh, we got all sorts of stuff. Oh yeah, there fifty two eighty Sports Network. Be sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel as well. Fifty two eighty Sports Network. Search that out. Uh, and uh, give us a follow on Twitter uh, at 5280 Sports Network. Also, uh, got to pump the boss's show, 7 to 9 every morning, Mile High Sports, AM 1340, FM 104.7. Mornings at 5280, that's the flagship uh, program for us here at 5280 Sports Network, the on-air presence with uh, the bosses, Nate Lundy and Sean Drotar. Check out their work. Uh, we'll be back out here as it starts to warm up in this car. And yeah, I'm getting sun's out all of a sudden. I'm getting warm, so I'm gonna head inside, write up a cool story on something. I haven't quite figured out what yet, 
But uh, you'll see it on the site. Okay. Check it out. For everybody at 5280 Sports Network, uh, follow him on Twitter at Ryan Green. I'm at Jake D. Marsing. He's Ryan Green. He's Jake Marsing. This is the Broncos Blitz on 5280 Sports Network.